Good morning, everybody. Um, don't know if you heard the intro music or not. We, uh, <laughs> we're a little clumsy this morning. We're a little morning. clumsy this morning. Happy Monday. Um, yeah, we made a couple of shifts on the uh, on the uh, uh, platform that we do the broadcast from, and uh, and it was like, oh wait, our mics are still muted. It's got and us all out of sorts. It's got us. It's Happy Monday. I think we're live. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> if you can hear us out there somewhere, uh, yeah. in what Michelle calls listener land, listener land. Somebody confirm that you're getting our audio. Yeah, just to make sure that that we're, I mean, we're, we're coming across. Here. It looks like we are. Um, but uh, so happy Monday. Um, we uh, just a couple quick little things. TIADA people, it is like exactly the start start date of the actual classes is two weeks from today. Is it? Okay. Yep. yep and Monday. Um, yep. so if you haven't already registered, I know that they are still taking registrations, just a little bit different on the, the hotel side. So, um, so we hope that we see you there. Cause, um, if you, if, if you know us come up and we'd love to see you anyway, if you Please. hear or listen and, uh, you know, just come up and say hello and introduce yourself. And, uh, Jeff Martin is a busy guy, but uh, Jeff, uh, we hope to get to him on the show uh, between now and the mm -hmm. time of the event. So, uh, says, um, Jeff Fulton like says no audio. One says loud and clear. So Jeff, it sounds like uh, one uh. says they're hearing us. So, uh, so <laughs> you might have a are. speaker <laughs> issue on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so All glad right. to have uh, have you with us, Jeff. So we're just uh, we're getting set up to uh, for the TIADA in two weeks. We have got a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. there. We got a presentation on Monday on business planning. And for those of you that are attending, we're going to get an invitation out, even to our industry friends, uh, colleagues out there, vendors. We would love to have you come sit in on this. And as I've been saying to folks, I think having you sit in there with us for that 50 minutes will give you a much better idea of what it is that Michelle and I teach and who we can help and how we yeah. help them. So we would love to, to have, uh, you know, as many folks there as can, can sit in. And then on Tuesday, I'll be moderating a dealer panel with yeah. some dealers uh, from across the country. We've got Florida, South Carolina, and Wisconsin represented on that panel on Tuesday. So yeah. please join in. But today we're going to talk about what buy here, pay here is not. We, we decided, though, like over the weekend that um, there's some really rich stuff that happens on Facebook every once in a while. And so we thought, let's, you know, we'll kind of name it. Facebook stories, which I'm sure, you know, there are stories on Facebook, but this is, this is the buy here, buy here, pay here morning shows version of Facebook stories. So, um, this, what we decided to talk about stemmed from some conversation we had over the weekend about some things that we were observing on Facebook and right. some dialogue. And, and so we, last night again, brought it up. It's like, so what do you, what exactly, what part of this do you want to dial in on and and we thought let's start with the beginning yeah i mean i think there's always something i mean there are always people you know tossing stuff around and of course in we're we're members of a couple of private facebook groups that are buy here pay here specific mm -hmm. and and some leasing groups as well but uh, or buy here or lease here pay here as they call it uh so we're we're members of those groups so you hear a lot of conversation and we in particular see a lot of questions from people that are clearly new to the business. And so we just know that, you know, there's a, a ton of stuff to talk about around that. We've got um, all kinds of things that we can, uh, you know, help to, uh, 
to talk about in that context. So one of the things that came up this week was the thing about pay plans um, for buy here, pay here, and, and pay plans for salespeople, which really goes to the heart of how buy here, pay here is different. And I got to make sure that we say that, you know, for people who are brand new to buy here, pay here, we think the BHPH Institute that Michelle and I launched last year is a great place to start. It's very affordable uh, for dealers. Uh, there's there's a, a course in there called the first 10 things to know before getting in the business. And then for others, we've also got a, a crash course available in there. That's an eight week crash course, but the BHPH Institute is $29 a month and you can get in there and learn a lot of the basic stuff. But this question that came up this week was on the subject of pay plans for salespeople. And it just kind of brings to the forefront this thing about how the business is different from retail. Uh, for anybody coming from franchise business or, autom or retail uh, cash sales, the business is just very different. And we, we work with a lot of clients who are doing that. And they so often struggle to, uh, to kind of make that shift. Yeah. I remember we were um, with a client oh, a couple of years ago and um, really heavy in the retail space. And um, they had uh, seen you at TIADA a few years back and we're like, we want to get into buy here, pay here. And that's who we need to have come help us with this. And that uh, I was really, 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 really new to buy here, pay here. And so as um we went on this visit and, and Jim started talking to the team and started in on this subject specifically. And it was really interesting to watch like the faces look like, okay, I'm trying to understand this. And like a light bulb went off right. that they understood, wait a second here. This is, this is not retail. It's this very is different. very different than retail. And it was like, Oh, so, um, that's, yeah. That. Well, having said that we witnessed them make that shift. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the light bulbs going off, as you said, but yet they still, they to still this struggle. day are still struggling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what yeah. I mean by some people just have trouble adapting to it because you, you have this mindset in retail. It's go, go, go. It's, it's car, sell, car, sell, car. sell. It's, it's inventory centric, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's sell, sell, sell. And, you know, it's maximize the gross profit and get the deal done. And, you know, we just, in buy here, pay here, it's just a different mindset. It's a whole different business approach. And, and that's why this question about, you know, a pay plan for a salesperson kind of goes to the real fundamental difference about that. And so we had, had a yeah. person who was new in the business um, and one of the groups that chimed in and started asking the question, you know, how should I get paid? And, and, you know, it's like a lot of times there's so, such a big, it's a big loaded question. Like it's hard yeah. to know how to answer well, the question. Well, especially when it's coming from a salesperson mm -hmm. and not, not the dealer. The dealer. True. So it was, um, it was an opportunity to kind of, you know, introduce the salesperson and they were very gracious. I, you know, I eventually chimed in and kind of shared with them some things to think about, but you know, it's easy for most of us. And I realize most of our audience is already in the buy here, pay your business, but mm -hmm. we still see within that people who have, you know, varying types of bonus plans for, or commission structures for salespeople. And I think it's just so important to understand how the business is different. I mean, we're, let's just talk as though 
people are listening who are brand new to the industry and don't really recognize the difference. I mean, first of all, when we finance a customer, we are obviously stepping into a long-term relationship. It's not like a traditional retail situation where, yeah, a salesperson intends to follow up with the person who bought a car for cash, or, you know, even if they used indirect financing, they, they, they buy a car today on a retail lot or franchise lot, a uh, salesperson gets the deal done. They might do a follow-up call in a day or two. They might send a birthday card, you know, in, in a year or whatever, but that's a di very different relationship. In our case, we're financing a customer with poor credit. We're often agreeing to do that with a, a small to medium sized down payment. And we, so we're taking a good deal of risk and we don't yet know how that loan is going to perform. And so the thing that's especially problematic about bringing people from retail is if I just let's let me be a buy here, pay your dealer for a minute. And I hire somebody who's got retail experience. Now they join our team and they are, you know, in their kind of retail mindset, trying to get the deal done, get the deal done. Well, what have they learned to do through the F and I departments, you know, in the franchise or new car stores or, or used car departments, they're, they're trying to stretch the deal to get done. And you people that are out there maybe listening who are indirect lenders, you know, you, you have to accept the fact that, you know, salespeople in F and I departments, they stretch the customer's um, application to, to make the customer look better. You know, that's part of what happens in order to, to get deals approved and make things happen. So uh, we can't have that in buy here, pay here. We can't have salespeople focused on getting the deal done, especially when motivations cause them to want to stretch the customer's job time or whatever it does to make the applicant look better, because that is the person who will be working with the customer out on the front line. So if you think about things like a straw purchase, so for those listening who are not familiar with a straw purchase, a straw purchase would be, you know, a, a young woman is in buying a car um, and we somehow recognize in the process of taking the application that she's actually buying the car for her boyfriend who yeah. just got out of prison or whatever, and he doesn't qualify. He doesn't have income. He doesn't have a job and wouldn't, wouldn't be eligible to finance. So we can somehow discover if we're conscientious and we're paying attention, we could recognize that that's the situation. We would have ways to remedy that. But if I'm a, if I'm really looking at a commission and I'm in a position where, you know, I've got some pressures at home and gas prices are high and groceries are high and, you know, I'm feeling a little pressure at home with bills and whatever, then it's just a natural temptation for a salesperson to want to get the deal done and maybe overlook some stuff and in the interest of earning a commission. So it's just so problematic to have a traditional retail commission structure for people in buy here, pay here. And, you know, besides that, uh, the, and <laughs> uh, I, I've met a lot of characters um, in our travels mm -hmm. and, um, and we were chatting with a, with a dealer um, a year or so ago and, and, um, they they were they were struggling with getting their salespeople or uh, we kind of like to call them finance associates because it's like this is different. Um, the their finance associates or salespeople, you know, we just we just can't get them to get up from behind the desk. And and that one of the things that was said is like this is the easiest job ever. 
-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that's true is that, that, um, in a regular retail situation is you have more competition, right? You have, you know, and so they've got to turn on the charm. Mm -hmm. They've got to turn on the, you know, their, their sales abilities to get someone to sign the dotted line and buy your payer, your customer is so different. And so if they were using those same you know, it's like, yeah, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, but you're not getting all of the stuff that we need in the process because they're just following the same old playbook from the franchise dealership down the road. And it's a different playbook. It really is. And so, you know, I think it's an interesting thing to examine because you, you hear dealers like within our Facebook um, circles, you hear dealers who have a different idea about that. And look, that's the nature of buy here, pay here. You got all these different business models mm-hmm. and business approaches. <clears throat> but I'm going to uh, throw a poll out. You can help me remember when we wrap up, I'll okay. put a poll out there in our Facebook groups about, you know, how difficult do we view the role of a buy here, pay here salesperson? Because I bet that answer varies a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends people. on that because every single dealership is a little bit different about what responsibilities they might have. I mean, we've been in dealerships where the, the salesperson is also the collector. Yeah, or and, but that's different. I yeah. would just say if if it if it's just a salesperson, that's their only role, and their real responsibility ends once the customer takes delivery. Mm-hmm. Then let's talk about how difficult that job is. So, you know, I think people would there would be dealers who would say, "Well, I'm counting on that person to be talented and skilled and be able to close the sale, right?" Mm-hmm. And then there would be others who say you know, they're really just a customer service person who really just assists the customer through the process. We're not trying to pressure anybody at the end of the day, this is a poor credit consumer. Mm -hmm. And so we're not trying to pressure that person. So if they're ready to buy, we're happy to help. We can walk them through the program Mm -hmm. and and we train them to do everything that we need them to do. Yeah. And usually when we're, when we're uh, uh, launching a new dealer, um, and they're talking about, okay, so we need to add some salespeople and we're like, okay, now, you're not hiring a salesperson, so don't think that you need to find someone with a lot of car sales experience because um, this is something that you can, you know, the the mom who has the last kid heading off to school and you know wants to enter the the enter the job realm and uh, has really great customer service skills. That's someone that we would love to see ha- see in in the business, or the guy that is the manager of the subway, mm-hmm. and has great customer service. And you know, you've just you've walked into the the store and you've seen how well they do with customers, and you're like, that's my man, yeah. or that you know, that's that's my person. So it's it's you're not going around and shopping at all the other dealerships looking for someone to be. A salesperson. Yeah. At least that's that's the advice that we give it. So that's right. That's you're the approach we that, recommend. That, like cut that are good with customers. Yeah. And we've we've obviously seen, and I, I put a post out there on Facebook a while back to say, and by the way, I don't know who needs to hear this, but some of the most effective salespeople and managers in every position in the dealership over the years, in my experience, has been women. So I don't know, you know, sometimes we're I not hear, advocating that you only hire, right, but right. And, and yeah. we're also not making a political statement, but no. we just know in our travels, we hear people talk about our car guys, our car guys or whatever. Like, uh, what about our car women? Because our, there, there are Some women the best, out there who yeah. are really great at this position. But, you know, when we think about what buy here, payer is not, it's, it's just, it's not retail. It's just mm-hmm. not all the, the, 
the stuff that we know, it doesn't mean, I always tell dealers, it doesn't mean if you're coming from franchise or, or independent retail that there won't be things that you've learned over there that you can't, that you won't also use to your advantage and by mm -hmm. your payer, you can't. But there are way more differences than there are similarities. So for you to really be successful long-term, you can be successful short-term. You can create a lot of sales and a lot of gross profit and your financials will look great and you'll mm -hmm. think, wow, we should have been in buy your payer all along. Then the repos and charge-offs will start mm -hmm. to hit because you originated a bunch of bad paper and suddenly the business is not as enjoyable as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And we've heard stories over the years that we've all met dealers out there who, you know, will say, I did buy here, pay here, never again. You know, well, typically that's going to be because they were, they you know, approached it. They approached it from that yeah, retail from that perspective retail and didn't really learn all the differences. So, you know, I think it's just important for, for our listeners to understand that when you do step into buy here, pay here, it's a very different environment. It's, it's philosophically different. There's just a ton of things that are going to be different. So we have to be prepared for that. And, and again, we recognize many of our listeners are already in the buy here, pay here space, but there are some out there and we know some of them, there are some that are still struggling mm -hmm. to make the, the, the adjustment. Shift. Yeah. Or the, there's a new general manager in place, and mm -hmm. the general manager doesn't have buy here, pay here experience. And so they're trying to bring a retail mentality. We've witnessed that as well. Mm -hmm. People bring in a retail, you know, sales mentality to buy here, pay here. And so they tend to do, be very uh, inventory centric in their advertising, mm -hmm. um, and they tend to be very sales minded mm -hmm. in everything that they do and, and don't uh, pay much attention to the, the larger parts of what we know is important in buy here, pay here. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I, I have to wonder sometimes if you brought someone in as a sales manager who was heavy on underwriting, mm -hmm. but understood, you know, that whole uh, relationship with the uh, with dealing with a note that has to be paid off over the course of three years and, you know, all of sure. that, if that might kind of shift. Yeah, especially if you ask the sales manager to handle the collections on that account, oh, yeah. get out there and collect the payments, they would soon begin to yeah. understand the difference. And, and and this is why, you know, salespeople were asking, and the question that really came up is, you know, what is my value to the dealership if I bring all this retail experience? And my answer was, you know, there was a lot more to explain there, but my answer in short was, well, your your value is mostly unknown at this point because we don't, all you've really done so far is create sales which is, in my view, is the easiest part of buy here, pay here. Yeah. So I'm going to say that again. Selling <laughs> cars to buy here, pay here consumers who have poor credit and need somebody to help them with financing. Selling that car is the easiest part of buy here, pay here. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of thinking about, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done with some other clients just to help their their team um, and this is one that has multiple locations and um, and you know we were trying to one of the things we were trying to work on is culture within the entire organization mm -hmm. and um, not just the sales team or the collections team or whatever is is that we suggested that in the when you're hiring new people in the orientation in the training process that that person goes and spends a Friday, a Friday mm -hmm. shadowing collections. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just a day that you're having to kind of, you know, uh, not have them on the line in regular training, but have them shadow that for a day mm -hmm. so that they can see what it is that they're setting the collectors up for. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we talked about this when I first got into the business 20 years ago, it was, um, 
it became clear to me, it was talked about a lot, that the sales process is tied very much to, or it should be, if we do our job well, um, we, we really should make sure that the sales process is tied to the underwriting process, which is tied to the collection process. Meaning, you know, we need to make sure that we've got, um, that everything that we do in the selling process positions us for good collecting. And I, I've said over the years, you know, the sales department, and this is exaggerated, but the sales department typically, if I'm a salesperson in a, in a typical buy here, pay here lot, I have about a one and a half hour relationship with the customer where the collection department, I used to say have a three-year relationship with the customer. Now that relationship with high car prices and longer terms, we're mm -hmm. probably talking about a four-year relationship or, you know, obviously business models vary, but, but you get the point. It's like we have a short relationship with the customer and, and while we all understand in our business, we have to produce sales, we have to produce contracts, then, you know, um, that's something to be aware of. So we know we have to produce sales. I think the question is, how do we motivate people to produce sales? And do we need fat gross profit commissions or front end commissions in order to produce sales? If we do, then there's something fundamentally wrong. Like, you know, I would just look at that and say, mm -hmm. we, we're creating, we're, putting the motivation in the wrong place. So we got some questions in here. I see some comments. Oh, Jeff comments. looks like, yeah, Jeff, glad you're joining us from uh, LinkedIn again. It looks like you got audio figured out. We said <laughs> you're in uh, 30 years in business. Nice. Very good. So uh, Jeff says he's got a, a large business after 30 years. And uh, so he obviously uh, understands and probably would confirm many of the things we're talking about because yeah. you just see that, um, it's part of the thing is, and we saw others out there commenting about how, um, you know, that you can spread commission. One thing you can do is we, we're yeah. happy to see um, mm -hmm. salespeople make a nice commission for their role. Uh, and, and I've done the same thing. You know, our, our friend Carrie Watkins uh, on one of the Facebook groups uh, indicated that, you know, she was a proponent for having the commission be spread across, across the first few months. Like if the contract like is still active and performing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So at least that shifts, you know, you still pay a commission, but at least it shifts to, you know, ongoing performance. Yeah. I've had commissions set up for people. And we do, by the way, always uh, uh, recommend to our clients a longevity bonus. I was and, about ready to mention that. Yeah. 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 So it's something we typically recommend it in lieu of a Christmas bonus. Like it's basically something that uh, we would suggest that, dealers think about incorporating a longevity reward for people who stay with us. And in this day and age, that's important. It's, well, the, the, the salesperson stays with us mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how many clients or how many customers are still on the books. Right. So they get rewarded based on the, whatever contracts they originated when those contracts are still active at the end of November is what we recommend. Mm -hmm. Then that's what drives the Christmas bonus. And so now you're starting to shift at least part of the mm -hmm. compensation to longevity and helping the salesperson understand that it's not, you know, I think the way I said it to the, to the uh, person in our Facebook group last week was that, you know, it's not what um, we sell, but it's what stays sold. What stays you know, it's stuck. kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's how many contracts stay with us mm -hmm. because again, you know, getting the customer to agree to buy the car is not the hard part. It's yeah. getting them to, 
you know, it's getting the deal structured well. That's that that is a role, by the way, that I think our salespeople can do for us. It makes a big difference. Is is being careful and thoughtful about the way they structure the deal mm-hmm. because they will have influence over that part of the process. The customer will agree to more Almost payment, anything. to yeah. more car than what they can really manage. And so sometimes it's on us as salespeople to make sure the deal is a good fit for the customer. And so in that way, they can have an impact. And by shifting some of the compensation to a longevity reward, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're reminded at least once a year. And as they see that that bonus grow every year, they realize, oh, yeah, by, by staying with the company and by producing contracts that stay on the books, that mm-hmm. do well in the collection department, mm-hmm then now, now I'm increasing my value. Yeah. And just like, um, you know, how retail sales and buyer payer sales are different, you know, we've suggested with some, some of our clients to have a different commission structure Mm -hmm. than in a regular retail sales, because, um, it is different. And, um, you know, one of the things we've suggested and, and everyone has their own way of doing business and, and there's no wrong way. Well, there's no yeah, just one right way. I think that there are some ways that it's like, oh, that's not that's not working very well. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we've suggested with uh, some of our clients, especially if they're if they're struggling with with the team understanding the whole team mentality, this is a team effort, mm-hmm. is having a bonus pool. Now the the longevity is different. Mm-hmm. But the bonus pool is it's everybody celebrating the success of the entire portfolio. Right. And that's getting into a team approach, which that came up a little bit in some of the discussion that we had last week that came up a little bit as well. And that's a whole separate subject for us to, uh, to take on, you know, in a future episode, um, the great Tommy Brandis. Can I share this? Jim's Jim's in charge of, of the, what the shows panel today. Yeah. Um, today. So the great Tommy Brandis, Tommy, I hope you're listening to hear Hugo Sanchez referred to you as the great Tommy Brandis once said, we're not in the car business. We're in the CAR business, creating a relationship. Yeah. So again, that's uh, a great way to say it. And, um, I think for people that are new, it's just a, a really important paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. And we, we, Michelle's seen me invest a good amount of time taking people that are coming from retail, coming from franchise, we invest a good amount of time taking them through the whole thing and trying to help them understand how this business is going to be different, what it's going to take to really have the customer be successful. And then beyond that, you know, Michelle and I are, are big believers in a, um, an approach that says, you know, we don't just want the customer to be successful in their note. We want them to buy another car at the end of that note. We want them to refer friends and family and we want them to be on our books for 10 years and beyond. Mm -hmm. So that just means it's way more than just getting a customer in a car today and earning Mm -hmm. a commission today. It's, it's a much bigger strategy. Um, that is, you know, it's, it's really about just like what Tommy says, you create that relationship Mm -hmm. and the customer is now you're able to support collections better. And, you, you know, you and I talked in prior episodes about creating equity. And so all these things about equity and, and engagement with the customers, those things are are far more important than creating the sale itself. Absolutely. You know? So like some of the nuggets from today um, yeah. are uh, uh, potentially doing some kind of a bonus pool for longevity for right. like the people that are are the contracts that are still on the books and for the, the people that are your team that's still there Mm -hmm. working with you and the other one is do some shadowing have new hires sit in collections 
on your busy collections day and observe what it is that that this relationship especially if you're getting someone that has some sales experience it's like this is different right we want to show you how it's different and so be you know be aware of we're looking at the success of the 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 customer and not in i just sold another car yeah right yeah yeah and we don't we try to even strip away the language of you know car sales like i will i will use the word you know we financed a customer mm -hmm. just because yeah. it's yeah. it's uh, just a vernacular that we try to adopt to get us out of the habit of thinking of it as traditional car sales you know mm -hmm. we financed a customer we we assisted another applicant you know it's just it's not a car sale so it's yeah. like we have to think about it differently and um and so you know again we'll put a poll out there on facebook so that we can get feedback from dealers because we know um you know approaches to this vary it just we what we find is that it's really just not necessary to have a, a large upfront commission for anybody in order to create contracts in order to finance poor credit consumers yeah so if there's any of this that uh, strikes a chord with you and you might need some help with uh, a commission structure with you know helping the team learn how to work as a team mm -hmm. um uh, even in training new your new people give us a holler because that's kind of some of the stuff that we do and we would love to be able to be of, of some assistance so um thanks so much for joining don't don't forget to if you are on uh youtube to like and subscribe um, when, you know, I don't know if people know algorithms with YouTube too, mm. that when you get to so many people that they actually start to, you know, let you do some advertising and things. And so, um, like, and subscribe, cause it's, it's, uh, you know, we're out there just trying to help and, and it just takes a little click of the button to do that. And then it will be able to help us in the long run as well. Yeah. You can also remember if you uh, miss a live broadcast, you can find us on all the podcast channels. Now, basically your favorite uh, podcast platform mm -hmm. will have archived episodes and so you can find us over there as well absolutely so again thanks for tuning in this morning and we uh, we're glad to have you here and uh, uh, tune in next time all right have a great rest of your day and beginning of the week